today is a little different than a normal uh, Sunday for us in this time in the gathering. Today is uh, what we have styled here over the last, I don't know, long time now, Vision Sunday. Um, and so part of it's going to be a review of last year and uh, all the things we didn't do that we thought we were going to do, which sounds like everyone's story of last year. And then also what we uh, hope for for this year, but all of that is always grounded in the mission that God has given us. We don't sit around and go like, what do we think we should do and just make stuff up, right? It should all be rooted in the commission that Christ himself gave us. So if you have your Bible with you today, please turn to the Gospel of Matthew, the very last verses of the very last chapter. So it might be easier just to turn to Mark 1. And then turn back a page, or even maybe Mark 1, we'll have Matthew 28 on the other side. But it's Matthew 28, 18 to 20. So this is the day when we revisit the mission Christ has given us. Now we do that in other Sundays. We did that actually just a few weeks ago as we finished up Luke. But at least once a year, and really more often than that, we come back to the mission Christ has given us and particularly today on how we believe God wants us to grow in this year in carrying it out. So if you have your place there in Matthew 28, I'll read verses 18 through 20. And Jesus came and said to them, to his disciples as they had gathered, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let's pray. Father, thank you for these words from your Son, your Son who gave his life for us and rose from the dead for us and gave us this commission just before he ascended to your side. We thank you for that good news that we can celebrate. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you have opened our eyes to see the beauty of the salvation that we have through Christ. To want to worship him and glorify him And live our lives to honor Him. And so we ask that you would do that work afresh in us today. That where perhaps we've been distracted, would you refocus us on the one real mission that we have been given. Where we are discouraged, would you encourage us with the promises that come along with this commission. And so would you help us? Would you work in us today for your glory? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We've summarized the, this passage, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, for the last few years together uh, with a statement of our mission that Jesus has sent the whole church to do the whole mission of making disciples to the end of the earth 
until the end of the age. And this will stay up for a while. So kids, you'll notice there's no underlining, but you're going to have probably like 15 minutes to write this down, all right? So it's going to be there for a bit. Jesus has sent the whole church to do the whole mission of making disciples to the end of the earth until the end of the age. And before he gives us this commission, he says something to them in verse 18. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Do things ever feel out of control for you? They ever feel like you don't quite know what's going on or what will be next, or whether you'll be safe, whether you'll be secure. Before Jesus gives us this commission that we will rightly focus on, it's grounded in his authority overall. All authority. Not most of it, but then there's some people running out of his control. All authority in heaven and on earth, right here, right now, has been given, Jesus says, to me. And it's on that basis, with all that authority, he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. The Great Commission is about Jesus. And so as we consider our sentence summarizing it, it's Jesus has sent the whole church. Jesus, it's all about him. He's the one who gave his life for our sins. He's the one who has all authority in heaven and on earth. He's the one who has given us our mission. We exist to show and tell how great Jesus is. You who have been rescued from your sins, as you heard that good news preached, and you repented, and you believed, you turned from your sins and trusted in Jesus, that you were going one way in your sin, thinking everything was going to be okay and you could handle it. When you experience that conviction of the Holy Spirit and realize, I cannot live this way. I cannot make it back to God this way. And when you turned around and trusted in Christ alone rather than yourself, you were made a worshiper of Jesus. The object of your worship changed from whatever it was before, yourself, something else, someone else, some other idea, to Christ himself. And then he commissioned us. Think, why am I here? If you belong to Christ, you are here to show and tell how great Jesus is. And there are lots of ways to do that through our lives. We, we run immediately to like, okay, I need to tell someone about Jesus, and that's good. We do need to do that. And there are lots of ways we can show and tell how great Jesus is. But before we get to that, let's remember that Jesus is the king who even now rules and will rule in righteousness and peace forever. That thing we all long for is coming, but it's not yet. 
and there's no political solution from any direction that will solve that problem. Now, it doesn't mean we don't do things, we don't try things, right? It doesn't mean, oh, well, nothing's going to work. We'll just sit around and do nothing till Jesus comes. That's the last thing you're ever going to hear from this pulpit because it's the last thing you're ever going to hear from God's word. But let us not place our hope in a system, in a politician, in a program, in an outgoing administration, an incoming administration. Let us hope in Christ and Christ alone. If we pin our hopes anywhere else, we will be bitterly disappointed. And so if your hopes are riding high, if your hopes have been dashed, let's settle our hope on Christ. He's the solid rock. He's the only thing that won't give out. We sang earlier today about the firm foundation that we have. What is that foundation as that song progressed? The promise that God would be with us and that we would make it to the end belonging to him. That is what we hold on to. To this I hold. You sang moments ago. We sang together moments ago. My hope is only Jesus. Our whole life is bound up in his. He alone is our hope. He is the one that we trust. And all authority has been given to him. With that authority, he's given us a commission. And so this is our mission. This is what should move us. This is what we must be about. And this is what we, we must be known for. For working toward the fulfillment of his great commission. So it's all about Jesus. But Jesus has sent next the whole church. You say, why do we say it that way? Well, sometimes we can think the mission is for people like Nate Saint, who went to church over in Fox Chase decades ago, and along with Jim Elliott and a few others, was martyred trying to take the gospel to a remote tribe 65 years ago, a couple of days ago. We think missions for for guys like them, who are going to like leave Fox Chase behind, leave Philadelphia behind, and go across the world to people that they don't even know the language, and they're going to have to figure it out when they get there, and they don't know whether they're going to be killed or not, but they're going to go anyway for Jesus. And certainly that's doing mission, and we need people like that, and perhaps God is calling some of us from here to do that. And we want to be a church that has kids as you're growing up and learning about Jesus, that it's not just for right here. It's one of the reasons we pray for what God is doing around the world. And we want some of you, if that's what God wants for you, to be ones that we stand up and pray over and cry over as you go across the globe with God's good news. For many of us, though, our calling 
is not just to support that work and be excited about that work and pray for that work, though we should be all those things all the time. For the rest of us, for most of us, our mission, our mission field is right here in front of us. The mission is not just for a faithful few. And you might say, well, sure, I'm here, but even then, I'll just kind of support the, the work of the, the pastors. And we pray for the pastors to do good mission work. Or maybe the people who are like really gifted uh, in evangelism in our church. I'll just pray for them, make sure they're okay, give them money when they need it. Jesus has sent the whole church. Yes, there are people who are called to go across the world. Yes, there are people who are more gifted than you, more gifted than I am at telling other people about Jesus. But you know what? That gifted person on the other side of the world doesn't have the family that you have. Doesn't have the work relationships that you have. Doesn't have the neighbors that you have. And so something that, this is nothing new, right? You've heard this stressed for at least 15 years here if you've been here that long. That God has put you right where you are, even now, on mission for his glory. You have a unique network. You have a unique opportunity to be the light that God has called us to be so that people would see our good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. The mission is not just for some super Christians. It's not for the people who've been through all the training and are totally ready. It's not just for pastors or missionaries or whatever. It's for everyone who is a disciple, everyone who is a follower of Jesus. It's for every Christian. So Jesus has sent the whole church to do the whole mission of making disciples. And we say that because of what Jesus says in verses 19 and 20. He says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So we see here two clear components of the commission. Sometimes when we think great commission, it's like I need to tell people about Jesus and they need to hear that gospel and they need to believe and then great, we did it. But that's not all. That's certainly part. But that is not all. Making new disciples is a key component of the Great Commission. But so is maturing existing disciples. So the idea of baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, one of the things that that means or implies is that this is the beginning of the Christian life. What we'll see as we get into Acts later this year is that people believe and they get baptized. And by God's grace, we've gotten to experience that here. People believe, and when they know, I belong to Jesus, I'm trusting in him, one of the first things you do is you are baptized to identify with him, that you belong to him, you are trusting in him, you have died with him and been raised with him to walk in newness of life. So baptism is associated with the beginning of following Jesus. That we make new disciples and they get baptized. 
But then we're also called to be maturing, existing disciples. And that's what we see in verse 20. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. People can be converted in a moment, right? And we've seen that, where people hear the gospel and go, oh, that's it, that's the good news, that's for me, I'm trusting in Jesus. And for you, there was a moment where that happened. But this other part takes time. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, that's going to take a while. That doesn't happen in a minute or a day or a month or a year. And an important part of the Great Commission is that those who are already trusting in Jesus are maturing in their faith, are growing in their obedience to the commands that Christ himself has given us. And this learning, right, teaching them, is not just for knowledge. It's not just, well, let's have a class, let's learn some more facts. Great, I know those facts. I can win at Bible quizzing. It's fine to win at Bible quizzing, but if it doesn't change your life, you've missed something important. God's word is meant to change us. Jesus says teaching them to observe, not just teaching them to know, but teaching them to observe, to obey all that I have commanded you. So Jesus has sent the whole church, every one of us, to do the whole mission of making disciples, which includes making new disciples and includes maturing existing disciples. Those are both part of the great commission that Jesus gave us. And we're to do this to the end of the earth. He said, go therefore, verse 19, and make disciples of all nations. Not just one or two, not just the places right around us. And you have to remember how radical this was in this time. We're used to kind of a global world and, you know, not right now, but a lot of people travel internationally and one day that will happen again. And we're used to a global economy. Everything's kind of interdependent, right? And Yes, okay. Back then, to tell a bunch of Jews that they were supposed to take the good news to all nations sounded weird. And again, as we get into Acts later this year, we'll see that it was hard, even for these guys who heard that commission, to get that that was really supposed to happen. Right? You remember some of the awkwardness in Acts where Peter has to see a vision three times just to decide he should go? And then he goes and the Spirit falls on Gentiles just like he had fallen on the Jews and he's back in Jerusalem and they're like, Peter, what were you doing up there? You shouldn't have been doing that. You better explain yourself. And he had to explain himself that he would be with Gentiles and would say that they could actually belong to Jesus and have the Spirit the same way that they Jews could. And so this was radical in its time. And there are ways it is still radical today. We are called to make disciples of all nations. It's one of the reasons that this commission is way bigger than any single church. 
We cannot connect with every nation in the world. But as Jesus has given this to his disciples, his church, as it's all over the world, we can participate in this mission. The good news going out to every nation. Jesus died to save a people, not just from one little group, not just for one piece of land, but for a people who would be from every tribe, every tongue, every nation, who will be gathered around his throne, singing his praise forever, and the songs won't all be in English. Some of you already say amen to that. And it will be beautiful. It will be exactly what God has designed and planned from forever. To save people who look different from each other, people who come from different backgrounds, who speak different languages, who have different experiences, but have the same experience that matters the most. That they were lost, but they've been found. That they were dead, but that they have been made alive in Christ through the power of the Spirit as the good news about Jesus was proclaimed. By his grace, we want to be part of that. We want to love the nations. So it's to the ends of the earth, and it's also until the end of the age. The church will not be on mission like this forever. There will be a day when Jesus comes again and the mission will end. There will be no one in our circle, no one we know, no one in your network who is outside of Christ. When we are in the new heavens and new earth with God and all his people, there will be nothing wrong, nothing bad, no more curse and there will be no one to tell about Jesus so that they can turn from their sins and trust in him that part of our mission will be ended when we see Christ we will worship him forever but we don't know when that will be we can look forward to that day we can long for that day and while we wait for that day we have been given A clear commission by our commander, our King Jesus. And we can fulfill this great commission, not because we're so great, but because he has promised to be with us by his Spirit. We keep going with this mission as far as we can for as long as we live, but we don't go alone. And isn't that good news for us? Because this can actually be scary. We can be fearful about this. Have you ever experienced fear when you know you're supposed to talk to that neighbor about Jesus? It's like, ah, this could mess up the relationship that's really starting to develop. If, If we can just spend another month hanging out, then that'll be the right time, right? They'll notice how obedient our children are, and then it's like, no, that's not gonna be it. Um, and we keep waiting for the magic moment when, like the Philippian jailer, they'll say, what must I do to be saved? And if they ask that, you better be ready then. Right? Please. 
But who among us has not experienced that fear? Right? You can think, well, I, I know most people in here don't. I'm probably the only one who feels that way. I'm the only one who feels paralyzed when it's time to speak up for Jesus. No, I would dare say every one of us at various points has felt paralyzing fear when we knew the Spirit was prompting us to speak up for our Savior. And so you're not alone in that, in that we've all experienced it, but more importantly than that, you are not alone in the mission. The commission is grounded in Jesus' statement at the beginning that all authority has been given to him in heaven and on earth. But it's capped with this promise. Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. You cannot go too far on mission for Jesus that you have outrun him. You cannot go too long on mission for Jesus so that he gets tired and is like, it's time to slow down. He is with us. He has promised to be with us on mission until he makes all things new when he comes again. And so this is our mission. Jesus has sent the whole church, every one of us, to do the whole mission, both making new disciples and maturing existing disciples to the end of the earth until the end of the age. This is what we are called to at home, in our own families. You can think sometimes, well, I just have a lot of kids at home and it's hard for me to make a lot of relationships outside of my home right now. You have lots of evangelistic opportunities Right in your living room. Let's, as parents, be determined by God's grace, and he's the one who saves, to make disciples of Jesus. We're so good at trying to make disciples of us. Right? Now, most of us here, we don't have any teams left in the NFL playoffs, which is really sad because this is like the beginning of it. But we're really good at trying to make disciples of our children when it's making them in our image. We want them to love what we love, whether it's sports teams, whether it's hobbies, right? Come in and do this with me. And that can be wonderful. And that's where many of us learned a lot of the hobbies that we have and even the skills that we have is alongside our parents as they taught us. And that's fine. But are you more passionate about the eagles or baking or whatever? Keeping a clean house, having a nice garden, doing work well. Are you more passionate about those things than you are about Christ and his gospel with your kids. And part of that starts with being more passionate about Christ ourselves and in our own hearts. That is how we pass it on. Our kids will catch what we care about. And it might not be what we say we care about. And so where you feel like perhaps, and there are several of you, I'm sure, who are in, that, in a season of life where it's like, how do I get out and give the gospel? Maybe that's not your place or calling right now, and there will be a day for that. And you need to stay in 
and give the gospel. You need to stay in and give grace to your children. You need to give wisdom to your children that points them to Christ more than it points them to whatever it else, whatever else that we could care about. And I know it can feel like I'm speaking to moms right here, but dads, you have a major role to play in this. This is part of our mission. And again, we can't save anyone. We can't make them believe. We can't drag them across the line. But we can show them what it looks like to follow Jesus. We can show them what it looks like to know his forgiveness. We can show them what it looks like to know his grace. We are his witnesses wherever we are. We want our lips and our lives to tell the story that Jesus is the great Savior King. Yes, we declare that Jesus is Lord of all, and we display that Jesus is Lord of us, that we are saved by his grace. We worship him alone. We are grounded. We are settled because we belong to him. So that's our mission. That's what we're about uh, if you're a guest with us or if you're new with us, that's what we care about. Uh, you'll actually hear a lot of these concepts again multiple times through the year, but we especially want to take a Sunday where we're being reminded this is it. Jesus and him crucified, risen, reigning, and coming again. And so as we wind down, I want to do a little bit of a 2020 year in review we had a Vision Sunday last year, kind of ended up throwing most of it out in like March. Uh, so 2020 went a little differently than we imagined that it would, and I imagine that it's the same for you. In many ways, certain things have been on hold. Now, we had planned to hold lunches every month to welcome people to our church. Remember those heady days? We're going to make food and share it all together, and it's going to be wonderful. Lord willing, we will do that again one day. We had planned to uh, do Christianity Explored again, which is an evangelistic course. We had done that the year before. We said, okay, we're going to do this again this fall. Aaron Gannon had headed that up, and many of you had volunteered. And there are lots of different roles there. We were going to provide training. Lord willing, we'll be doing that again, but we didn't do it this last year. I had planned to go back to Zambia to teach in the Copper Belt Pastors College again. Uh, that didn't happen either. We had hoped to connect with our brothers and sisters in the Dominican Republic again as we'd had a small team go the, the prior summer. Uh, that didn't happen either. However, while we can feel like many things are on hold, and in some ways we feel like our lives are on hold and even the mission might be on hold. At the same time, last year we were privileged to be able to baptize six new believers in Jesus. We were blessed to ordain Richie Frank to the gospel ministry and add him officially to the pastoral team. The Rackleys were moving away until they weren't. That's right. And they've been doing a remarkable job in difficult circumstances, along with the Howards and the Beavers leading the youth group. And that's a great blessing 
from the Lord. Chris Rackley, Jimmy Beavers, and Eric McIntyre became part of the teaching team that serves you with the word on Sundays. And I think they're doing a really great job at that. And it's been a great blessing to our pastoral team and to our whole church to have, in addition to our pastoral team officially, three guys who are handling the word well. And you don't have to hear me all the time. I know that's a great blessing too. We're so grateful for them being added to our teaching team this year. This year we officially joined as a church, we officially joined Trinity Fellowship Churches, our small denomination that we're praying for different churches from every week. When things went a little weird in March, uh, we started having pastoral team meetings every week on Zoom to pray for you all, to figure out how we could keep people connected to God and to one another and how we could care for you all. And I remember in one of those early meetings, meetings, Aaron Gannon saying, let's just try things, right? I think people will forgive us if we try something and it doesn't go that well. Let's just try things. And by God's grace, that is what we have been doing. We did Zoom meetings every Sunday after the live stream to try to maintain that sense of community, being able to share with one another and pray for one another on the spot. And those were such a blessing and helped hold our church together through an uncertain time. We were able to help deliver meals to those in need right here in the Northeast. We were able to assist Frankfurt a couple different times with picking up food that was distributed down there in Frankfurt. In response to anticipated need, you as a church gave more to the Benevolent Fund than ever before. Speaking of just trying things, at one point we were like, well, what if we met outside I know we've never done that before. I know it might be weird. I know there will be a lot of technical issues to make that happen. And then we did it. We met outside from late June to just before Thanksgiving with a Paul Thorpe sound system (laughs) and expertise. And we praise the Lord for the gifts that he has given us. And so, humanly speaking, there's no way we would have met outside where we met the way we met without Paul. And at the same time, there are so many of you, and Paul would want me to say this, there are so many of you who sacrificed in coming early to clean up the parking lot, in coming early to make sure tents were set up so that people wouldn't die in the heat. You remember feeling like you were going to, right? That's why I preached on that little roof at the beginning. You remember that? It's like... The main thing, oh, he wants to be above us. No, he wants to be in the shade. (laughs) That is all that that (laughs) was about. And it was nice because we were trying to quit around 11, and that's right when the sun would come onto my head. It's like, I know what time it is. Let's pray. (laughs) But God preserved us from the time that we thought we'd sweat to death from the time that you were thinking you'd freeze to death, which hasn't gotten that much better in here. But we do have good airflow, and that's good. 
And we have been back inside now with an overflow room downstairs that has been needed several times. Uh, Richie put that together. Uh, again, it's in a meeting we go, well, we think we might end up kind of filling up. It's like, okay, what can we do? And in a week, that was done. Another just try stuff was the Advent videos. We didn't have our normal Advent gatherings where we're having cookies and hanging out and you know hugging each other and all that kind of stuff for like half an hour after an hour long gathering. That didn't seem wise in December. And so we asked you guys, starting in November, we said, hey, we're going to do something a little different. Can you make a video of yourself playing a Christmas song? Or can you write a Christmas poem? And we had several original poems that were submitted and then read for all of us to enjoy. Thank you to everyone who participated in those Advent videos. It was so fun getting to put them together and see all the different families uh, who participated in that. We're so grateful, and they were a great blessing. And with the added advantage of them just being on YouTube, they got to be a blessing to more than just our church family. We were able, by God's grace, in the fourth quarter to do some capital improvements that have been needed for a long time. Time. You may have noticed uh, that we have a new parking lot. And praise the Lord. Yes, there's no massive holes for small children to fall into anymore on their way in to the building. We are so grateful for being able to do that. And then more recently, we've re- replaced three doors, one of which is right here, so there's no more like rope holding it open. It, it like actually works. It hasn't worked how many years? It hasn't worked in like 50 years, right, Paul? It hasn't worked in like 47 years, right, Paul? <laughs> okay. We were just talking today, Paul, saying, I remember I sat on this railing waiting to be picked up after youth activities when I was a teenager, which was only like 15 years ago. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep my mic on. And so what's the moral of the story? God has been with us. And he will be with us. He's got us. He knows exactly what we need. He knows exactly when we need it. And he doesn't just know. He's there. And he cares for us. And so in 2021, we don't have a ton of big initiatives to announce. In fact, we don't really have any initiatives to announce like that. I think it's getting kind of late for him to start talking about what we're going to do in 2021. I did think about that. But we do want to grow. And so even though, yes, certain programs have had to be put on hold, the mission never goes on hold. God is not up in heaven waiting for the conditions to be just right. And we don't need to wait for some switch to flip to be about Jesus' mission. I mean, you think about it. The gospel went forward in those first days, even while Jesus' followers were being told to be quiet and were being imprisoned when they spoke up anyway. If the gospel can go forward then, the gospel can go forward now. 
I love in 2 Timothy where Paul is writing and talking about being imprisoned, that he's bound in chains for Christ's sake. And he says, but the word of God is not bound. It's not. And we need to remember that. We don't have to wait to be on mission. And I'm grateful to God that even through And in some cases, because of the challenges of the last year, some of you are more committed to Jesus, his mission, and being vitally connected to other believers in the church than you ever have been. Praise the Lord. He was at work in 2020, and he's at work in 2021. He will be with us until the end of the age. One way of moving forward on mission, and you'll see this reflected in the budget next week, is that we have committed, the elders voted, to give $300 a month toward the Dominican Republic work. And so we are so excited about that. We've been connected with them for years, and we've done some things here and there, and done visits with them, and had them here, and we're at the point where we said, it's time to put it in the budget. Not just, okay, we've got a little bit and we'll give some, or here's a project and we'll raise some money. Maybe we'll still do those things, but we're consistently going to be giving starting in February, because our budget year is February to January, $300 a month to the work in the Dominican Republic. And thank you to those of you who've given specifically to them over the years and care so much for Carlos and Sarah and for others who are there. But by God's grace, in this year, we want to grow. And sure, we want to grow numerically as a church, especially if that means more people are trusting in Jesus. But let's not forget what we might think of as the second part of that great commission, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Yes, we must go with the gospel, but we must grow. And we must grow together in obedience and likeness to Christ. So in light of that, In two weeks, two weeks from today, we're starting a new sermon series on sanctification. Sanctification, growing into Christ's image by the Spirit's power. Do you ever feel stuck in trying to grow to be like Jesus? If you never feel stuck, this series is definitely for you. (laughs) But it's for every one of us who feels like, I'm, I'm... stagnant, I'm stuck, I'm, I'm trying, or I find myself, I'm, I'm not trying, and we think, I've got to do this. This series is for you. Yes, there are things we do, but we'll see from God's word that our sanctification, our growing to be like Christ is not mainly, not really at all, about our doing. It's about God and his determination to save Christ's people from their sins, both now and forever. And it's not going to be just a series on like, okay, you need to read your Bible and pray. We will talk about Bible reading and prayer. Because sometimes we can tend to shrink things down and be like, okay, sanctification, yeah, it's being like Christ, and really that's about practicing spiritual disciplines or avoiding certain vices. Now, That's not wrong. If we're like Christ, we're going to avoid certain vices and we are going to practice spiritual disciplines, but that is not all. 
growing in sanctification is taking on the character and the heart of Christ. It's being changed by him to be like him as we see him for who he is. Learning to love the way he loves. Learning to respond in different situations the way that he would respond. Then after that series, it'll be Easter, Lord willing, and and then we plan to start into that series in Acts, kind of continuing what's going on in Luke. In Luke, we saw all that Jesus began to do and teach and what he accomplished. And in Acts, we'll see what Jesus continued to do and teach through the disciples as they are empowered by the Holy Spirit. So even as we talk about sanctification, we don't want that to be separated from mission. That's another mistake that we can make. Sanctification is just about me doing disciplines and being holy all by myself over here and doesn't end up having a lot of connection to the rest of life or to others or to mission. But we want to see those two together. And so by God's grace, we want to grow, to be like Christ and grow in being on mission for Christ. And in God's kindness, we hope to be fruitful. Now, we don't control the fruit, right? But we can seek to be faithful to our calling with the help of the Spirit. And it's going to take every one of us. Because Jesus has sent the whole church to do the whole mission of making disciples to the end of the earth until the end of the age. Have you been distracted from Christ in some ways this year or even in recent days? Have you been distracted from Christ and his mission? Now is the time to snap back to the deepest realities and to live for what will never pass away. What part will you, will we play in Jesus' plan to save his people and to grow them up to be like him? May God give us grace by his spirit. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you have saved us. We are not worthy of it. There's nothing in us that would cause you to love us, and you have loved us anyway. Would you amaze us at your love in 2021? Would you amaze us at Christ's presence with us through the Spirit to accomplish the commission that he gave us? Would you move us toward you, toward one another, and toward the lost this year? Oh, Spirit, would you do that? We are weak. We feel our weakness. We thank you that Christ is strong. Would you help us to cast ourselves on him and that our story at the end of this year and at the end of our days would be yet not I, but through Christ in me. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.